Hey, everybody. Welcome to Hat Chat, a bonus episode of the Pillar Podcast. This is the bonus episode that brings you great hat-related conversation one time. Uh, I'm your um, I'm your hatty chatty host uh, and Pillar Editor-in-Chief, J.D. Flynn, and I am joined by my sartorial pal, Ed Condon. Um, and Ed, what, what are we doing here? Why are we... What are we... Tell the people, in case you didn't listen to last week's episode of the podcast, tell the people why we're here. Um... Well, I'm, I'm going to try and do this in a way that isn't me spiking the football in your face. But Before uh, you do that, here's what I really want to tell the people first. I just wanted to throw the ball to you, but I still wanted it. What's happening right now is that um, some of you like when we banter on the podcast. Some of you don't like when we banter on the podcast. This is an all, a quick all-banter podcast that um, if you listen to us just for the news and you grumble and we talk about other stuff, don't listen to this, right? I'm, we're segregating this bit of nonsense and shenanigan because of you and for you. We don't want you to have to be subjected to our shenanigans and nonsense if you don't want them. But if you love the nonsense and shenanigans, or if you're intrigued by the conversations that we've been having about hats, then uh, you can listen to them here. So again, later this week, we'll release release an all-news, all-the-time, very serious episode of the Pillar Podcast, a very special episode with some serious stuff. Wait for that if that's what you're after. But if you want to hear us um, shenan for a little bit, uh, we're here for you right now. How the mighty have fallen. <laughs> I don't understand what you even mean by that. You were all up in my face on Friday about this is taking too long. People don't care about the hat. Why are you trying to make hat chat a thing? And lo and behold, you are making me record an emergency all hat chat podcast because such a roaring success was hat chat that we now have to do just hat chat. Do you know how many special bonus episodes we've done on a single topic that's come up in a previous episode in the three and a half years of we've done podcasting this? together? Zero. Never <laughs> happened. Hat chat is the first time we've had like, you know what? There's just too much we left unsaid. We gotta go back to the tapes. We gotta do more. We gotta do more. <laughs> well, I guess you know you know what the people love or you don't i mean this episode may flop people, and people might i i am into, <laughs> uh, unlike you with your npr listening modern interpretive dance going you know uh, uh, frankly a little snobbish uh you know affectations and preferences i i am an earthy man of the people and i know what they want and what they want to know is what are you wearing on your head I'm okay. So we're recording this on a Monday afternoon, and um, last week on the show we had a little conversation about my headgear. Could you can you now bring us up to speed? Yes, you you had let slip earlier in the day that you needed to go to a Western Wear store and purchase a cowboy hat because you were going to be the auctioneer at a charitable event last weekend, and I had a series of questions for you about what kind of cowboy hat you were going to buy. You basically declined to answer any of them because you thought it was irrelevant and no one wanted to hear. And, um, and it sounds like you, you, after a couple of false starts, successfully located a Western wear store and did buy a hat. It is, it was a nice hat that you bought. I've seen the photos and I was, I was impressed with it. It's not the one I would have picked for you, but it was a good hat. Um, you wore it to the auction as I understand it. And in fact, such a, such a roaring well, success well, well, well. was, I don't want you to give it all away, right? I mean, oh, I don't okay. want you to give all it all right. away because you know. But I mean, so the background here is that uh, indeed, 
I told you that I was the auctioneer at a sort of charity auction this weekend. This past weekend, I had spent a lot of time. I was asked to do this with no qualifications whatsoever. Spent a lot of time watching YouTube's about how to be uh, an auctioneer. I learned that I realized that one thing that all good auctioneers or great auctioneers have in common is a hat that they all seem to wear a white cowboy hat. That seems to be central. Um, it's not just necessarily a white cowboy hat you have to wear, but it's my understanding that auctioneers are usually encouraged to wear either a, a hat or in indoor. Um, more genteel settings, less Western frontier settings, to wear some other noticeable garment, whether it's a brightly colored waistcoat or I've seen tartan trousers make appearances on auction podia. Uh, and the idea being that you should make yourself very visible to the crowd, that you, you should be able to focus attention on yourself very well, that people shouldn't have to look far to figure out where you are, especially if you're the kind of auctioneer who's going to wander among the tables at a charity event, um, that sort of thing. So you should be visible at all times to draw the eye of the people. Um, and a cowboy hat, it seems, is a very good way of doing this. That's right. So that's the thing, is that uh, unless you're going to wear tartan trousers, which I believe means plaid pants, uh, a cowboy hat is one way, or I suppose you could wring a scarf around your neck. But again, f for me, a cowboy hat seemed the least weird way to uh, to have a bit of auctioneer flair. So um, when we talked about this, you got very kind of excited and into the question of sort of what hat was I going to get, which is, I mean, cowboy, cowboy hat. That's the, the no. answer. Cowboy hat. Okay. I'm so taking I, over now because you have, you I have just, I don't want yourself, you to, I got a story and I want to tell the story. I know. We can, you I will draw the story out of you slowly and in my own way and emphasizing only the points that are of interest to our listeners <laughs> and ignoring the points where you will be tempted to go off on a detour. Because again, I am clear the people want the hat chat. So we're going to give them that. So, for starters, you you made it to a Western wear store yesterday. I understand this is a Vietnamese Western wear store. Well, it was a it was a Western wear store in a Vietnamese part of town. So, it, it was actually it was actually it was a it was it, it turned out to be a, a, a Mexican American Western wear store, like a you know kind of Norteño, I guess, sort of Western wear store rather than your sort of Gringo cowboy Western wear store. But it was indeed in a in a Vietnamese neighborhood. But although that's turned out to be somewhat irrelevant because it wasn't a Vietnamese inflected store in any way whatsoever. It would have been cool if you could get sort of cowboy hats and, you know, next door was a sort of chuck wagon themed faux restaurant. That would have Yeah, been, that would have been awesome, but alas. I I'd eat there. <laughs> if there is if there is in Denver a western themed faux restaurant, I will go to it. Oh, the next time I'm in Denver. That would be enjoyable. Um okay, so you you made it there. You you say it's a sort of Norteño um style emporium. Were you were you at all tempted by any of the other wares on offer before you made it to the hats? Did any of the did did anything intercept you between? Well, let me tell you what happened. The front door is, the I uh, I didn't think I was going to end up with a hat, and the reason is because um, I I should have gone Friday during the work day. Absolutely, I mean, obviously, <laughs> should have gone during the work day, but I didn't. Then Friday night we had a little family gathering, so our family was here, and uh, and and that's another story. But Friday night we had a family gathering, so our family was here, so I couldn't go Friday night. So then Saturday, um, you know, I hadn't told Mrs. Flynn at any point, hey, listen, I'm gonna just be, I'm just gonna ski daddle for a couple of hours on a Saturday. Listen, I know I was traveling last week. I know I'm about to be traveling. I'm going on a trip this week and then the, the week after that. So I know I'm about to do basically two weeks of work travel, but here on this Saturday, you know, I'm going to ski daddle to the old Western wear store. I hadn't, hadn't told Mrs. Flynn uh, about that. So, um, so when I did sort of drop that bomb around noon, like, Hey, just FYI, I got to take off for a couple of hours to go buy a cowboy hat. It, it, it was clear that I hadn't thought through that my, my, ob my non-hat obligations, my non-hat, you know, obligations as a family man, and that it was probably not going to be 
fair, charitable, generous, or loving for me to just, you know, skedaddle for a couple of hours to buy a hat. And then, as I say, I'm going to be gone for most of this week traveling. So uh, I, I didn't think I was going to end up with the hat. You know, and I thought that was okay, although I thought maybe some people who were going to be at the thing had heard the show and maybe they would. But I thought, well, I just won't have the hat. And more than anything, Ed, I was anxious that I wouldn't have the hat because I wouldn't have the confidence that the hat that I was planning to borrow from the hat. I was not confident about doing this, and I needed the hat, really. It had become an, an incredibly important sort of confidence totem for me. And I, w- and I just, I was having to offer up for the sake of my family that I wasn't going to get it. And then Mrs. Flynn said, oh, you know, actually, I wanted to take Pia to do something, something. So if you, why don't you go to a Western store with the boys? So I put the boys in the car. And we went, and so it was less of the. Um, it was less. I imagine as a father son outing, few yeah. things could top a Western wear store on a Saturday afternoon. And I didn't tell them. Like I just, I said, "Come on, we're getting the car. We got to run an errand with me." And then on the way, I said, "Boys, we're going to a cowboy store." And they were as exactly as excited as you would hope that they would be. They were just psyched, you know. Um, so, um, so when we got to the cowboy store. Um, they did a lot of running around looking at boots and belt buckles and gold horseshoes and other things, but I didn't have a lot of time to browse. I had, I would say, no time to browse as it happens. Why would you have no time to browse? I thought the whole point of this was to chew clock with your with your sons. So that- Sure. I, I'd like you to imagine, Ed, um, I'd like you to imagine being the father of, a, of an exuberant five-year-old boy and um, an exuberant 10-year-old boy with... Down syndrome in a cowboy store. I, I'd like you to imagine the divergent paths that their enthusiasm would take them. I'd like you to imagine their enthusiasm to try on eleven hundred dollar cowboy boots in adult sizes and clomp around in them. I'd like you to imagine their enthusiasm to go back into the storeroom behind the counter to see if there's anything else cool. And I'd like you to imagine that I had to spend most of my time in the Western Wear store, kind of rustling up those little doggies, as it were. I, I would have thought that this kind of youthful exuberance would be greeted by the staff with open arms. Like I, I would have thought you guys, like the, 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 the three gringo amigos turning up in the middle of all of this, I would have thought you would just be like, you'd be the afternoon's entertainment. Like, this is great. We should, we should have this family here every weekend. I, uh, I, I, no one seemed displeased with us, but I, again, I didn't have a lot of time even to gauge the expressions on their okay. face. No one offered sort of to, so you did not, I'll just cut to the chase. You didn't try on any boots. Didn't try any boots. I didn't try. Did on you a try on buckle. a mariachi jacket at any point? I didn't. I, I I saw some. I didn't try on a mariachi jacket because and, I kind of low key desperately want a mariachi jacket. <laughs> I think that the no. I, I think the best fashion. No, I, the best fashion choice made in the last twenty years was Joe Kelly wearing a mariachi jacket to the White House with the Dodgers. I, well, I, I think that was the coolest move anyone has made in a long time, and that was not appropriation because. He traded his jersey with a fan who oh. came with his mariachi band to this day. And he said, you know, I will, I'll swap you. Well, you should for... offer right now to swap a pillar hat with any fan who has a mariachi jacket and see what you get. I feel like that's not a fair trade. I, <laughs> well, I don't you... feel like a pillar hat is worth that. If you but... have a mariachi jacket and you're listening to this show, you, you set the terms and I bet you Ed will make the trade. I probably will. Alternatively, hear me out. Pillar mariachi jackets. <laughs> I don't think that's a with our logo and the name and sequence on the back. That seems that does not seem like it. That does not seem like a prudent use of our subscribers' resources, Ed. And you know, subscribers are that indeed. to a vote. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not suggesting we just we start a 
a whole mariachi fashion line in Perlo merch. I'm just saying two jackets. Wait, hear me out. Hear well, two me jackets. Out, but I mean, if people are, if again, I, I the, no, but the, this is high I have cost a on clothing is always is always this setup expense. Once we have, once we have found That's a mariachi true. jacket vendor, we might as well make hundreds of them. Well, I, I, I don't threaten me with a good time. But uh, here's my thinking. This is a legitimate business reason, and our, our listeners, discerning individuals that they are, can assess for themselves. You wanted to get the cowboy hat. Rightly, because as an auctioneer, you felt you needed a statement piece that would draw the eye, allow you to hold the focus of the room. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. And I feel like um, you remember the the general, the actual substance of our conversation on Friday was we were talking about the USCCB, and that, yes. you know this is looming on the horizon. We're going to go. You may recall that last year we had a hard time drawing attention to ourselves at the USCCB. <laughs> well, at the press so conferences, so, we had a difficult time being called upon. We did. And some speculated. We did not speculate this, but some speculated. It came up to us, in fact, and speculated that perhaps we were being punished for reporting that the USCCB didn't like by um, by attending press conferences with our hands raised and not being called upon. But it is also possible that perhaps we were just wearing muted colors and we weren't it's seen possible. from the I, 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 I'm just saying we went to all the press conferences last year at the USCCB plenary in Baltimore and we didn't get called on a single time. No, we and didn't. And I think as a, as a service – to our readers and listeners who want us to ask the questions that need to be asked to these things and help the USCCB staff and to make clear that we are committed to being called on, that we we have questions, we want to be fully participatory in these press conferences. What if we went in cowboy hats and mariachi jackets this year? It's uh, we could We could consider it. I, I feel like this is just, if that's what it takes, that's what I'm willing to do. What what would say more clearly how seriously we take those press conferences than for us to go in cowboy hats? <laughs> I think it would convey exactly how seriously we we take them. I do. I do too. Probably true. <laughs> okay, uh, so I didn't try so one on. You did. You didn't try on anything. Okay, but you did. You you went to the hats. Now, did you 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 had you had insisted that you were going to sort of have a, a Socratic process with someone at the hat store. And that's how I, I you wanted make to your be, selection. I, I wanted to f- effectively uh, an experience where I would go in and say, uh, measure my you head and give me the best you've got. You know, yeah. The, no, I didn't want to be guided because, again, I didn't want to know anything at all. I just wanted to be, uh, I just wanted to be draped in their finest, in their finest hat, effectively, right? I mean, with, I see. with, with no, without having to be informed or make choices at all. But it no, wasn't but that they, way. They didn't ask you what it was for, how you intended to wear. They didn't ask anything. They, they were busy. And again, I, I was spending most of my time corralling my children, so I didn't have a lot of time to talk with the sales folks. Um, so what I did was I looked at, I, I, I took a couple of hats that I liked and they didn't have prices on them. And I, which should have been my first indication that I wasn't going to be able to afford them. So I brought them to the register and I said to the man, how much is this hat? And he said, $395. And I said, wow, how much is this hat? He said, $412 or whatever. And I said, Those oh, nice wow. Hats you're picking. Okay. I, I would, uh, yeah. And, uh, and so I told the man that I would put them all back and he looked at me corralling my children and he said that he would put them back. And um, by that time, my son had found a uh, uh, a pair of boots that he really liked, and he had put them on. And so he he came up to me, clomp clomp clomp, and I said to the man, "How much are these boots?" And the man said seventy five dollars. And I said to my son, "No, uh, no, <laughs> no." After four hundred dollars for the hat, I would have said sold at seventy five dollars. And then sit quietly for five minutes while I pick out a hat. My son cried, and then the man said, "Well, <sighs> I could do forty. And um, you can haggle at the Western Wear store. Apparently, I can haggle at the Western Wear store. So we are, we are going. When I'm next in Denver, we are going. So the man this said I could do like forty, and my son, out. who's five, said a very beautiful thing. He said, "Dad, I could give you my dollars for these." 
And I mean, what are you supposed to say at that point? I mean, what could you possibly say at that point, right? So we, I, I told the man I'd take the boots, but I still didn't have a hat. So I, I, <laughs> I was – the man could see that I was a gog at the prices and he said, oh, maybe you'd like to look over there. And I looked over there and indeed these were the for sale hats, the defective hats. And so I bought – I picked one out and it was a more reasonable price. It was well south of $100 and I – it was made of straw, but it was like it was white. Like it was, I don't know if they paint the straw or what. And it was very stiff, you know. And it was a cowboy hat. They lacquered I don't know. it, basically. It's lacquered, right? And it, and it was very stiff. And this particular one had a, a white hat band with a kind of jeweled buckle, which I wasn't all about the jeweled buckle, but I'm tall, so I figured no one would see it. And well, also, um, bear in mind the circumstances in which you were going to be wearing this. Draw right, attention exactly. to yourself. I understood what's, what's that it's all it was, about. I understood that for the for the circumstances, it was fine. So, did you consider I, asking if they could add feathers? No, there were other hats in the on the sale rack with feathers, but I wasn't there for that. So I uh, so I put it on, and thanks be to God, it fit. I mean, it was really you know it was great that something you know if you're my if you're like me. You're accustomed to the idea that nothing on the sale rack will fit you because, you know, it's not the, 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 the big and tall section in the sale rack don't usually overlap. But there it was. It fit. So I brought it over to the man and I paid for it. And he said, uh, do you want me to wrap it up? And I made a decision, Ed. I said, sir, I will wear it out. <laughs> and yeah, indeed, you did. I did wear it out. Now, we got out of the store. Giddy up, My kids JD. went running in two different directions. So if you were driving north on Federal Boulevard around four, <laughs> around 3 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday, you saw – uh, a large ginger bearded man running in as many directions as he could with a large black lacquered white cowboy hat corralling children. Surprisingly, no one stopped to say, hey, are those kids yours or anything like that? You know, um, but got the kids in the car, drove home with the cowboy hat, which was good. It needed to stretch just a little bit, got it stretched out, showed it to my wife. She laughed. And um, and then I put it in the car to take with me to the uh, to the to the to the event, to the auction. So how would you describe the hat? I mean, you said it's a cowboy hat. hat. It's it like, was a cowboy no. hat. Okay, I well, fine. I'm going to call up the picture now because you know you clearly just even even now having cowboy conceded hat. that you have to come back for an entire special episode of Hat Chat, you are still refusing to discuss the details of the hat. All right, what we're looking at is traditional Western crown here, your so-called hot dog bun. You have this is a pretty uh, this is a pretty broad brim. Um, this is definitely a larger brim than your sort of Stetson Open Road or anything like that. Uh, your debt, you've got some heavy folds going on the sides here. This is this is almost country music star level of sort of perpendicular folds. You're going to get zero sun I don't know what that means, what a perpendicular fold is. You know, it's like you've, the, the brim goes all the way around and, you know, left flat, the brim would be horizontal to your shoulders. Yeah? Oh, yeah, but a, a cowboy hat brim curves up. That's the very idea. It, well, but this is all – that's a question of curving and folding is all done by the header and by use and wear. And in this case, you've got – I would say um, not quite ninety degree, under quite a ninety degree fold here, but it's it's definitely north of forty five degrees. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, get, a, it's making a state. It's a statement hat. The statement you will, is you will get cowboy. sunburned on your ears if you wear this hat. Sure, and, it's, and so, I think it's a Saturday night hat. I think that it's not your in the saddle hat. I think it's your at the rodeo at the not at the rodeo at the dance hall kind would of you hat. wear this hat to church on sunday jd i mean not in the church building obviously that would be ungodly but i mean to and from mass is this would you consider this a church going hat well i can't and um uh i guess we'll come to that but uh would i wear it to, hat, to church no um no 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 Why not? i mean look i'm a little bit more comfortable i have to admit to my great surprise i'm a little bit more comfortable as a cowboy hat guy than i would have expected a little bit to a lot more comfortable as a cowboy hat guy than I would have expected. Like I was not self-conscious about wearing the hat in the car or anything like that. But I – Did um, you like it? 
Did you feel? Did you feel you stood a little taller, JD? I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about here. A good hat. If you're wearing the hat, and the hat's not wearing you. It raises your whole game. I'll say this: you walk it did a little not straighter. Feel like you a look costume. people a little it did more not feel firmly like a costume or a gag. You know, it felt like a yeah. hat. That mm-hmm. means it was the right hat for you. I guess. Did you shake hands with anyone while wearing the hat at any time? I don't think so. Oh, I'm, Even when maybe. you went to the event? Probably at the event. Well, did you I, notice I, your handshake was a little more firmer? Your eye contact was a little stronger? Yeah. I bet it was. Probably so. Yeah. You need you, you, This is the hat you've been needing, JD. <laughs> think how on our game we will be in Baltimore when we are rocking two of these. Uh, I, I could do that. Yeah, you can. I could do that. So let me tell you just what happened. Because actually the hat brought me a lot more magic. There must have been some magic in this old straw hat I bought. Um, because when I placed it on my head, Ed, um, I began to be an auctioneer. I began to auction around. Um, Did you have an auctioneer nickname that you'd given yourself? No, I didn't. I didn't need that much of a backstory. But when I got up like to do... Dealing J.D. Flynn. Or, you know. <laughs> when I got up to do the JD auction, the now, this, event, this event was a kind of cool event. As I said, it was a fundraiser for my friend's apostolate, which is this very cool camp, Camp Foytiwa. And so the thing has a kind of a camp theme. And so it was it, the dress was a little more casual. So I was wearing a suit, but no tie. And there were many people there, but it said sort of camp casual or something like that. So there were many people there wearing... Um, even jeans and a, and a smart jacket and women were wearing dresses, but not ball dresses, you know, so it was, but it was kind of a little more low key, which was nice, but there were about, I don't know, there were about 200 people there. And, um, and, uh, you know, they did the thing where they talked about the program and it's apostolic meaning and these kinds of things. And they showed a video and then someone introduced me as the auctioneer. They said, we're very blessed to have this very qualified auctioneer, JD Flynn from the pillar. And to my surprise, people clapped. I'm always surprised when people even sort of know who we are, but to People clap Even as if more so that they clap when they find out. Right, exactly. Usually, uh, again, I if you take Baltimore, if you take Baltimore as they, a measure yeah. of what happens when we walk into a room, it's that people scatter, right? So, um, I uh, or or boo and hiss, right? So, um, throwing things. So I, you know, it was weird for me, right? It, the whole it was weird for me, and so I just I I went up there and I was bareheaded and I just explained that indeed I was not an auctioneer in any way, shape, or form, but that my friend had. You know, my friend who was the director of this apostolate um, with his wife, um, you know, is this guy's in my prayer group and he's a good friend. And he and I make a podcast together called Sunday School, which you guys should subscribe to. Sunday School, a pillar Bible study. Um, anyway, I explained that um, this guy was my friend and uh, and um, he had asked me. And uh, when I told him no, he did the thing that Catholics do, which is he said, well, pray about it. And then, you know, what he's supposed to do then, there's no getting out of it. So that I had, I explained that I had been watching these videos on YouTube and, then I explained, you know, that, and I explained that I had favorite, my favorite auctioneers. You know, I did the whole thing that I was doing last week. I explained that my favorite auctioneers and all this. And then I explained that if there was one thing I had learned, it was that an auctioneer needs a hat. So I said, I'm not an auctioneer. And then I sort of looked at my wife and she brought me the hat. And, okay. Question. Sorry. You've, you've introduced new information to the conversation. Um, you mentioned on Friday that you had been watching auctioneer YouTube videos. You mentioned that there was an auctioneer community on YouTube. You did not say that you had favorites. Who are, got, who's your favorite auctioneer, JD? I need I, to know. I don't. I don't. Yes, you do. I don't want to. Yes, you do. Give it up. No, We're I here don't for hat I, chat. This is important. I, can't, I don't. There's there's a there's a guy. There's a couple of um a couple of poor sign auctioneers who I like very much. Uh, yeah, come I on, mean, name some names. What we look the least you could. These guys have without even knowing it trained you into becoming a successful. There's a Canadian auctioneer. named Ab Carroll I like very much. A lot of people like think Ab Carroll's a very talented guy. Um, yeah. 
You're going to have to post some links in the show notes because I think the John least you Corey can do for one these of the guys. Older ones. John John Corey is a sort of classic, right? I mean, and he's won some championships and these kind of things. He he wait, doesn't wait, have wait, my... wait, 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 wait. There are auctioneering championships. Oh yeah, obviously. And he doesn't have my style How do you at judge all, right? That? Well, you got to have some expertise, but there are lots of lots of different circuits. No, is stuff, it a judgment right? on form or is it results based judgment? I mean, is this a question of two guys are given the same room and whoever can wring the more money out of it it wins, or is this a question of style? There and- are different. There are different thing, There are different categories, right? So there are sort of pure chant categories, and then there are wait because, did you say pure chant because the, you know the auctioneers the, the fast talking is called the auctioneers chant you know so like uh, uh, no I don't know JD I'm coming to this now. Would, you three? would you give three could you give three would you give three hundred for it bids three fifty okay would you give three fifty could you give you know da 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 that's the auctioneers chant which is weird to do on the radio so I won't but you know the auctioneers chant is um so they're sort of chant chat I mean chant competitions <laughs> there are chant competitions and then I think there are sort of raise the most amount of money in a certain amount of time kind of championships as well although I'm not as as versed in that stuff yet um, and uh, and so um, anyway I was sort of telling them all this and then I said uh, you know the one thing that an auctioneer has is uh, that I've learned is that an auctioneer always has a hat and then my wife Kate brought me my hat and I put it on and I said so now I'm an auctioneer and I got a big laugh for that and so then I was doing the auctioning and and Ed honestly when I say the hat gave me some magic I was surprised to discover that auctioneering may be my one true calling that I love I love being a journalist and um, I'm not going to give it up but I also love being an auctioneer because it's about you know you learn this in the YouTube but it's about it's about motivation. It's about understanding people. It's about relate building little micro relationships with the audience. It's about and, being the center of attention in a crowded room. <laughs> no, oh, it's no. about making it's about making the, the the perspective bidders feel like they're the most important person in the center of the room, uh, and you're just there to honor that, right? And or to pull that out of them, or to empower them to do something that they never thought they could do. It's or a spend work of liberation, of really. It is, I mean, it's tr- look, you're doing a lot of tricks up there to get people to bid, and you're trying to figure out what's going to motivate them and taunting them with it. But it's uh, it's a, it's supposed to be about the the, the bidders, and uh, and I thought that was fun. You know, I like making small talk with people, shooting the breeze, and uh, so it was, it was fun. So I really liked it, Ed, and we had a great time, and we raised far more money than I would have expected. And, um, and I just, I did have a great time. It was a lot of fun. And, um, and then at the end, and maybe it was that I like being the center of attention, whatever, but at the end, when it was time to move on from the auction to the paddle racer, you know, where people raise their, you know what a paddle racer is, where people raise their It's paddle. where you just basically ask people hustle, to give right? you the to pledge down, the money yeah. for no, yeah, for no return. Right. <laughs> Other than the good that their money can do for the sake of something that you believe in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Okay. So anyway, before we got to the the paddle raiser, I I I, I thanked them and I said that it was fun and we were going to move on to the paddle raiser and that I was glad about the hat and then someone shouted that I should auction off the hat and I said what and someone else shouted that I should auction off the hat and um and I and, and I, this and then a was few suggested in fact before you ever got to the event. As someone soon as on we Twitter episode, suggested that I should auction off the hat and I thought that I'm was absolutely ridiculous. Okay, I'm hang on. I want I want to give credit where it's due because the first person to say you needed to auction off the hat was within minutes, I think, of the of Friday's episode dropping, and it was it was Peter Sonsky. Peter Sonsky, that's what I thought. A, a hat wearer himself who follows us on Twitter and uh, he has a, nice a very fellow. nice hat. In fact. Yeah, he's, he's a pillar subscriber and seems to be a good man. And um, 
at any rate, he suggested that I auction off the hat, but I thought that was ridiculous. And then here I am in this room, Ed, and people are suggesting I auction off the hat. And honestly, I thought it was ridiculous. Like, why would you? This suggesting was, they demanding. Yeah, right. And it was silly. Like, I told him I bought this hat at the store, and you could go get one yourself, and it was on the sale rack, and it was not that expensive, and it's not that good of a hat, I, which I knew now because it wasn't felt, whatever. And uh, and I, I was saying I thought it was ridiculous, but people were saying to auction off the hat, and uh, and it so I did, Ed, and um, and I told them at the outset, I said, I paid $65 for this hat, which for me, by the way, still feels like a lot of money for a hat. But I said, I paid $65 for this hat. And uh, and uh, and so I started the bidding, I think, at $50 um, because, you know, uh, uh, well, we sold that hat for 500 smackaroos. It was easily the weirdest thing that has ever happened to me in my life. Until you wear one in Baltimore. (laughs) The guy who bought the hat, super nice guy, really enjoyed talking to him. Actually, very cool, very cool guy. He wore it the rest of the night, which was, you know, very flattering. But he would. (laughs) I mean, he's got a story, right? I mean, and I guess if you have 500 smackaroos to, I mean, and I told him during the auction, when the bidding went high, I told him that. The whole thing was fiscally irresponsible, and I didn't recommend any of this. But the, on the auction continued. What was he going to do? Drop the five hundred bucks at paddle time when it's just like, ah, eh, you <laughs> know, for right. kind of applause, that's you got right, nothing exactly. to show for it. So that's right. So if that he was going to drop a it at five hundred. He's no, he saw true. a gap in the market. He said, "I could walk away with the best auction no price of the forget. night." That's right. Mm-hmm. And no one will forget this. That's right. That's a very good point that he might have given the money for for nothing, and instead he got the hat out of it. But it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and the weird thing now, Ed, is that I now find myself. I suppose I mean it's not uh, well yeah I did I did I did like that hat and it, I don't it's not that I think I'm going to do more auctions although I did really enjoy it and I've been looking into the fact that auctioneering school is not that expensive and doesn't take very long and Mrs. Flynn said that if I want to do it she'll be glad to for us to rent an Airbnb nearby so that we can all go together so you know wait auctioneering schools live away well it's two weeks auctioneering school is two <laughs> weeks and and some of the best auctioneering schools, there's a, the, the best auctioneering schools are not here, you know, so you got to go to where the best ones are. And um, I look forward to figure out how you're going to make this happen because I know you are. And I also, I just know that I'm going to keep an eye and sooner or later your Facebook page is just going to suddenly tweak the bio and say also auctioneering services available. On you have to be certified. You know, if you go to auctioneer school and you're certified and you can legitimately. Um, but I, I did like it. And, um, and, and here's the thing is I, People who are auctioneers, you know this if you're a listener and you are you know, involved in some kind of Catholic charity or Catholic charities or whatever, and, and you're on the board or the auction committee or whatever. Auctioneers charge a lot of money to do um, you know, events for nonprofits, a lot of money. And, do uh, they? Yeah, they do. I suppose and, you have to. I mean, this, this, I would find it difficult to provide professional services to nonprofit events like that because – you, you kind of feel like a jerk, right? Like the whole point is to raise money for a worthy cause. I'm like, yeah, but I'm taking 10% off well, the top. Well, I mean, this, the ten, this is how I you eat. know, the labor deserves his wages or whatever. No, but no, it, I, I don't think it's the jerk move or anything. I'm just saying it would, for me, I would find, like I had this problem when I, this is one of the reasons why I couldn't make a living as a canon lawyer is because I would do mostly defense work and I would feel bad for my clients yeah. who are already in a very, very difficult personal and usually financial situation as well. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't like, well, and now I'm going to garnish your wages because, you know, I didn't get Right. Them. And so and, I would feel very good about being able to make 
auctioneer services available to worthy Catholic causes for you know my expenses or practically Wait, is there an auctioneer's them. union that's going to get mad at you See, for undercutting I don't know the market if I, if I undercut the market and effectively I, that would be amazing scab, if there were right? like angry auctioneers Gosh, you on your lawn one day just picketing your house you know like they're ticked you know it's 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 like they'll just throw big belt buckles at you as you walk out of your house in the morning scab splitter oh goodness gracious um okay so that's what happened and i guess I guess I'm possibly in the market for another cowboy hat if I'm going to do more of this, yeah, but are. also I just liked it. Look, I tell you what, I, I'm due out in Denver in about a month. Yeah, that's true. If we end up at a Western wear store. Yeah, that could, that could be a great deal of fun. That could be a great deal of fun. But I mean, the only condition is if we did that, we'd have to take it to Baltimore. <laughs> They're hard, it's hard to fly with a cowboy hat. Not even don't take it off. Oh. Okay, Hat Chat is a production of Pillar Media and Ed and JD Production. I'm your host and Hat Chat editor, Chief Jane D. Flynn, and I'm joined by my podcasting partner, Ed, the Hamburg himself, Condon. Hat Chat will never be back. That's what you think. <laughs> Move them on. Move them up. Move them on. Move them on. Raw hide. Cut them out. Ride them in. Ride them in. Cut them out. Cut them out. Ride them in. Raw.